Welcome to House Party, a podcast where real estate, news, and pop culture collide, coming straight to you from the editors of Realtor.com. I'm Natalie Way. I'm Eric Gunther. And I'm Rachel Stoltz. We here on House Party talk about architecture and houses all the time, and those houses are typically for humans. However, uh, one network, Quibi, which is going to be a new streaming network coming soon, thinks that a show about houses for dogs is interesting. Do you guys think it's interesting? <laughs> I can tell you don't. <laughs> no, I actually really do. It's it's a show called Barkitecture, which is a great name. It's kind of, yeah. It's being hosted by uh, Brooklyn-based interior designer Delia Kenza and The Bachelorette's famous Tyler Cameron. Did you watch that season of The Bachelorette, Natalie? No. So that was that was last season, right? That was um Hannah B. Yep. And I did not watch that season. Uh and he was a finalist, right? Didn't he make yeah. it to the end? Yeah, he was number two and then he got off the show and immediately started dating Gigi Hadid. Tyler and Gigi are continuing to heat up their relationship. They were spotted at a VMA's after party on Monday after the VMA's broadcast, and apparently they were locking lips in public. So I guess it's official. Tyler has transcended reality fame. He's even transcended bachelor reality fame. Tyler is now just straight up A-list famous. Taylor Swift hugged him at the party. That's a thing that happens to famous people. (laughs) I think it's a really cute idea. Eric, what do you think about this idea? (laughs) (laughs) I think you know what I think about this idea. No, um, I think this idea is dumb. Uh, do people even have dog houses anymore? I, dog houses to me seem like an idea from like the Brady Bunch, like the 60s, the right. 70s. Do, people now have their ho- their dogs in their homes. People want to be with their dogs at all times, sleep with their dogs, hang out with their dogs. The idea of a dog house in 2020 to me is just dumb. I mean, I don't get it. Yeah, my, my dog house is my house. <laughs> like... That's, right. that's my doghouse. Yeah, I mean, um, you're, you're in an apartment. But, I mean, even for people with homes, I don't oh, think... Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I'm I know, just... I, I'm, I'm not, aware of that. I know, but I'm not trying to rub it in. I'm just saying, even for people with homes, I don't think doghouses are a thing. I'm going to maybe offer a counter um, argument in favor of this show Please. to you, Eric. Um, there's a show called Treehouse Masters. Yes, right? I'm, well, I'm well aware of it. That seems like a crazy idea. Yeah, but I mean, what does that I, have to I do with like this? Luxury. I'm just saying, like luxury home, luxury things that you put in your backyard for your home that you don't really need, but like it's cool to have. Yeah, but I get where Eric's coming from. That would be more of a considered an amenity for you, a human, versus something for your dog when you want to be with your dog at all times. Do you, Rachel? How do you? Are you going to watch this show? No. <laughs> I think the show could be successful. I I guess mm-hmm. maybe, and maybe Eric, you are too. You're just questioning how many people out there are actually interested in having a luxury doghouse built for them. Right. I, I, I don't I, I don't see the need for it. But, you know, like I say, if there's a market out there, I mean, worse show, I mean, Tanked has lasted how many seasons? <laughs> we are the number one aquarium builder in the world. If they can dream it, we can build it. <laughs> Let's get it off the trailer and let's turn this into an aquarium. You know, I right? Mean, I, my tastes are not a lot. Sister Wives has been on for twenty seasons. <laughs> I, I'm, I have no idea. I mean, I know Quibi has announced, I think, on the order of about 
500 different streaming shows that have yeah. yet, yet to see the light of day. Um, so every day is a new announcement, and this is just one of them. If, if it wins, then great. If not... Yeah, uh, we'll keep our eyes on Barkitecture just to see if, if there's anything really outrageous that comes from this. Um, but yeah, Rachel, I did like the connection of the former Bachelor contestant plus dogs plus some real estate yeah Yeah. it's like the strangest venn diagram of everything that we love so however yeah it's 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 things that we all love however we're kind of like eh, i don't know about this except for me i i guess i'm all do these things go together right (laughs) well two people that i think would definitely be into a a luxury dog house um are Former or cur- still current millionaires, um, Lori Laughlin and Massimo, Massimo, what's his last name? Giannulli. Giannulli. Thank you, Eric. Um, they're in the news this week because they have supposedly listed their home in Bel Air in Los Angeles. They were pretty quiet when they put this on. Yeah. They didn't do a big, they didn't have a press conference. No, no. They've garnered enough um, publicity for, right. for their dealings with the college admission scandal. Check out the media mob scene as they left court. Lori arrived just before 2 p.m. You could hear fans screaming for her, and two young women held up Lori masks. Her husband walked behind with her legal team. It's a huge mansion. They bought it in 2015, and then they listed it in 2017 for $35 million after putting in a bunch of renovations. Apparently, Massimo is really into architecture, and he, he likes you know, buying big properties and making updates and then selling them. Um, I guess we would also call that flipping a house. <laughs> um, <laughs> however, commonly known it, as. Up for him, yeah, also known as. Um, however, it didn't sell. They took it off the market in 2018. And that was all before the, the big college scandal broke. This house was on the market for, as you said, $35 million. It's now back uh, on the market, I think, for what is it, 28.7 is what the announced yes. price is? Yeah. So yep. I did the calculation. I mean, the house is 12,000 square feet. So on a per square foot basis, it's around, I want to say my math is horrible, but it was, I, I did the math earlier today. It's around $1,200 a square foot. And in, in that zip code, though, the average price per square foot is around 800 850 so this is still you know not overpriced but it's over the median for that particular zip code so it's an right. ambitious price at, even at 28.7 million dollars but i mean the the what you said also about you know Massimo being into design and wanting to flip they also had sold a house in Aspen which they had kind of redone and that was back in i want to say 2014 or 15 so we have seen that before so you know their their explanation does line up even if you feel like they may be in a a little bit of a not necessarily a cash crunch but they're going they're going to be needing some more cash i mean that's kind of what i'm thinking that's obviously what you know people are kind of saying and like oh selling your house huh as you're in the middle of this legal battle i mean she her 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 trial their trial um is scheduled for october tentatively uh and they're still pleading not guilty so they're fighting it um and they have retained very high power lawyers from a very you know um 
a, a prestigious law firm, and so that can't be cheap. Right. So they're you know, ra- they're racking. Their, their names are kind of. I don't know if Lori has gone back to the Hallmark Channel. No. For, no. Where the heart is television no, show. No. She's been written off. I think she's been yeah, written it's, off everything at this point. Right. So she's she's kind of um, unemployed. <laughs> unemployed. Um, it it doesn't seem like there's a lot of cash flow as much as they're used to. So it would make sense to maybe unload a multi-million dollar home and and right. you know use that money to say get you get you out of jail pay you the know, lawyers yeah, pay they're the racking lawyers. up the billable hours and i mean yeah i'm i was just doing some light research on white collar crimes and <laughs> uh <laughs> are you are you in the, are you in the process of committing any or i'm 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 a little nervous these days no i'm kidding just some um, light espionage <laughs> i was curious about you know how much it costs to retain a, a defense lawyer for for a, if you commit a white collar crime. And, and how much is it? You know people people who get in trouble for Wall Street and um, on Wall Street. You know for insider trading and things like that. Big CEOs have paid upward of like thirty or forty million for their defense team. Um, right. So who? But you know who knows how much they're going to end up paying. Um, I know they've had them working for them for you know, at least a good chunk of the year and then on into October and whatever comes after that. So it's it's going to be a hefty bill that they're going to have to pay. So it, it only makes sense that they would want to unload this huge asset. Um, so we'll see if anyone picks it up. I don't know. People might be afraid there's bad juju or something in the house. No, I'm, well, I'm sure, you know, given given his design chops, I think I'm sure it's beautiful inside. We, there are right. no new photos of it yet, as you mentioned, but... I'm sure it's lovely inside. It's just a matter of finding a, the right buyer, and it yeah. may, it may it may snag the price this time. From time to time, we get questions in our email inbox, which is, as you probably know if you're a loyal listener, podcast at realtor.com. And we love to answer those questions on air. Feel free to send us a question, a comment, a crazy story if you have it. We would love to talk about it. This week, we got a question from Gabriella in San Jose. It says, my husband and I just began the process of buying our first home. At an open house a few weeks ago, we met a real estate agent that we totally vibed with. But when we met up with her again to tour some homes, she showed us a bunch of listings that we were, that were in no way what we were looking for. How can we find the right agent for us and avoid making the same mistake again? I think this is a really good question. I think those of us who have bought homes have probably encountered this before. Picking the right person for you to guide you through this huge financial decision is so mm-hmm. important and even if you vibe with the, the agent and you think maybe you could totally be best friends and go out for drinks that doesn't always mean that they're going to be your best advocate through this process totally the biggest thing is that you have to interview any potential real estate agent as you would anybody else you're hiring and ask the right questions um, and we can get into the right questions that you should ask but eric i know you've bought before did you encounter something like this yeah, no, I don't know that I encountered something like this, but I mean, what I would tell Gabriella would be, you know, hey, if the you you either need to be frank with this person that you felt like you had a good vibe with and say, "Hey, you're you're kind of missing the mark in terms of what you know, I'm looking for, my spouse, my significant other, whatever what we're looking for, what we're in the market for, or 
you know, yeah, like I think what you you were suggesting, you need to move on. And, you know, even if you had a good vibe with this agent, maybe there's somebody else, else out there that can show you exact that gets exactly what you're looking for. I, I you know, I, I don't think you should waste time, you know, trying to placate somebody if, if they're not really meeting the mark in terms of what right. you're looking for. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think, I think if it's the first go around and, and this is the first batch of homes that, that the agent has shown them and they were totally off the mark, um, having a conversation with the agent makes a lot of sense. If it's a repeat thing where they just keep coming back to you with stuff, like they're just not hearing you, they just don't get it, then maybe consider um, ending your relationship and, and working with another real estate agent. But um, I think, yeah, that that first that first wave, you know, everyone everyone makes a mistake. There's like a learning curve. And um, and so, yeah. yeah, I'd say communication is key in the beginning. Yeah, and before you even set up an appointment with an agent to go see homes, because their time is valuable, but your time is way valuable, uh, you should just ask them some questions just to make sure that you're on the same page. Things like, how long have mm-hmm. you been a real estate agent? Or um, what's your schedule and availability? What percentage of your business is working with home buyers versus sellers? Um, how many homes did you help buyers close on in the past year? How many clients are you currently working with? Because that'll give you an idea of their availability for you. And that number, I feel like you would want it to be not too little, but not too much. Right. Because you don't want them, you know, you want someone that's relatively in demand, like they have clients because they're good. Um, and you know, you want you, but you, you also want someone who's going to give you the time that you deserve. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I don't, you know, we don't know whether the agent showed her homes that were just not her style or homes that were way out of her price range. Mm -hmm. I mean, those, you know, those factors, I mean, if it's stuff that's out of your price range, that shows to me that maybe the agent wasn't listening to you. And, but if it's style, then I think you can kind of work with them and, you know, say, mm, this isn't exact. I, I, we actually do want four bedrooms or we uh, we don't need that second bathroom or mm-hmm. I'm not really into, you know, Victorian modern farmhouse yeah. look. Or, right. Yeah. Or the modern farmhouse look. Then then you can kind of work with that. But if, she, if the second, agent yeah. is not. Yeah. If the agent is really not listening to you and you say my budget is, you know, 700,000 and the agent is showing you million dollar homes then you've got a larger problem, I think. Yeah. yeah. Gab- well, Gabriella, you know, we wish you the best in your home search. Uh, and please let us know if you find a place um, or if you have to ditch this, not ditch, if you have to work, say bye-bye to this real estate agent and, and go work with someone else. Um, keep us in the loop. Do you want to tackle the second one? Just and then sure. This is a question from Jane in Berkeley. Jane writes: Does dropping notes in the mailboxes of homes you want to buy help you get the home? Mm. Uh, this is a tactic. Yeah, this is a, this is an interesting one. This is a tactic that some potential buyers, interested buyers, will use. Um, if you find a neighborhood you really love, a street you really love, and you want to nudge the homeowner in a certain way, you know get their get get the wheels turning maybe maybe they're thinking about relocating um some people will actually drop a really polite heartfelt note in a mailbox i think i don't know yeah in in hot markets this does happen and i guess it just sort of depends on 
the recipient and how receptive they are to the idea. You never know. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric, I know you've mentioned before that you've, haven't you gotten a few letters? Yeah, I, I do get letters in, in my mailbox at, at both the houses and, and people want to know, you know, they, it's, it's comes both from real estate agents and then also from families that are looking in the area and mm. it, you know, it doesn't, it hasn't affected me one way or the other. It hasn't, it hasn't made me say, oh, you know what? I was thinking about selling and these folks seem like nice folks. I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to sell. So uh, <laughs> that hasn't happened. So it didn't tug on I, your heart. I don't know. If wow. This letter really swayed my, <laughs> yeah, exactly. my opinion. I, 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 so I don't know, you know, if, I guess if you're, you know, I don't want to, the word desperate is a little, you know, has bad connotations, but if you are really desirous of living in a certain neighborhood, I mean, it can't hurt. I guess the only mm-hmm. thing it could hurt is your, you know, your Kinko's budget because you're, you know, <laughs> fo- photocopying a bunch of letters, but I, I, well, I don't Well, I have know. a question. So, so Eric, as someone who's received these letters, have you ever been like offended? No, not like, not not offended. Off no, or, okay. no, 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 no. It's not. Okay. It's not offensive in any way. It's uh, it. You know, it just lets you know that your neighborhood or your street or whatever is desirable. So, I mean, I mm-hmm. think it's kind of not. I don't know. Cool is the right word, but it's <laughs> it's it's interesting. I mean, it, it makes it's you. It's kind of like hitting on a house. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, I mean, it, right? It, it you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take, right, Michael Scott? Right, Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott, exactly. So, um, you know, I could no, see I it working know. in a situation where you're in a hot market and you're getting letters like these all the time, and you're thinking, "Man, I could really make some cash and see mm-hmm. a payday." If I decide to sell now. Yeah, I think as Rachel suggested, maybe the cumulative, it wouldn't be one letter coming in. It would be the cumulative (laughs) effect of multiple letters saying like, hmm, maybe, you know, now I know that my area is desirable or my Mm -hmm. home is desirable. Maybe I will put it on the market. I may not respond to, you know, Jane who wrote me, but I may respond (laughs) to, you know, I don't know, an agent. So maybe the maybe the answer is if you're Jane, this is the answer for you, maybe um, to have your agent or, or have have an agent that you're working with put a put a letter in the mailbox of the home that you like. Right. Or if you want it to be from you, include your agent's information and tell the homeowner to get in touch with your agent if they're interested. Right. Exactly. Instead of just like a love letter from Miranda. <laughs> from Jane. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Great advice, guys. Yeah. Thank you, Eric. Well, it's it's great being able to to tap into your brain, Eric, because you've experienced this phenomenon. Thank you. Thank you very much. So that's it for uh, listener letters this week. If you have a burning real estate question, um, we are all ears and we would love to answer your question. We might even answer it on air. You can contact us, podcast at realtor.com. Well, I don't know how you guys feel about haunted homes. I think I know Rachel is definitely into them. Natalie, I'm not sure to what extent, but we're lucky enough. Every once in a while, we get hit with a home that comes on the market that has a haunted past. Usually, we like to write about these homes in October, you know, September timeframe, kind of tie them in with Halloween. But when one comes on the market in January, we can't just say, Oh, we got to wait till Halloween. We got to write about it. So we uh, found this house in Indiana that went on the market. It's pretty well known. I mean, in the 
ghost hunter paranormal community. It's called Whispers Estate. Ooh, creepy. It doesn't look spooky from the outside. It just looks like a nice Victorian. It was built in the 1800s or, yeah, 1890s, I guess. And it was built at the time where, you know, a home was kind of a live work space like the the bottom floor of the home was used for business and the top floor was used as a residence and this particular home the bottom floor was the office of a doctor mm. and so he had his practice downstairs over the years as you can, as can imagine people expired people passed away people <laughs> died but a lot of people died in his home yeah, a lot of people died on the first floor of this place. I okay, mean, you know, wow. just the natural course of doctoring, polio. <laughs> he just had like, Who knows? He had, like I mean, hospice I don't, set up in his house. Just picturing people going to the doctor and just dying. Yeah, well, I mean, I, who knows? It's the 1890s. I mean, it's a whole, that's yeah. 130 years ago. I just want to know what I'm supposed to be scared of here. I, I'm well, trying okay. to get Dead a, people. Dead people, and including children. Uh, oh, you know, oh. Died on the first floor died on the first floor of this home, and the doctor himself passed away of pneumonia in the first floor master bedroom. Okay, so Mm. the first floor of this place is screwed. Right. Well, I mean, if you believe in paranormal activity, then yes. I mean, we have embedded a couple of clips into the article of people that have investigated Whisper's estate, and, uh, you know, we noted in our article that, you know, TV shows, paranormal hunters have gone into the home and heard reports of you know baby powder in one of the rooms i'm sorry the smell of baby powder in one of the rooms child seen running through the house you know doorknobs jiggling standard doors popping open that kind of thing Mm -hmm. so um, demonic possessions exactly tim decided to begin experimenting with a device called the god's helmet john then decided to try out the god's helmet experiment we rigged him up and left him alone in the nightmare room while Tim began a Ouija board session in the seance room. <laughs> John most definitely felt the effect of the god's helmet. He stated later that he felt as if something had completely taken over his body and was making him smile. <laughs> you look crazy, John. So this place is on the market. Yeah, we didn't even, we didn't even talk about the price yet. I know. Can I say it? Sure. According to Eric, <laughs> according, to me. according to Eric Gunther, yeah. So this place is on the market for one hundred and thirty thousand dollars. Wow, which isn't bad. That's a steal. I mean, That's yeah. a steal. And it's it's pretty it's pretty big, right? I mean, it's, what is it? It's thirty seven hundred square feet. It's a, I think it's beautiful Victorian. It's a yeah. beautiful home. It's creepy as hell inside, though. Oh, we've we've, yeah. we've gone over this on previous pods about our feelings about the paranormal. Natalie, you would not be spooked to live in this place, would you? Oh, yeah, I would. You would? Yeah, she and oh, I both yes. would be. Okay. You we gotta... both believe in ghosts, and you're the one that doesn't, oh, okay. remember? So, okay, all right. God, I can't <laughs> keep it straight. I mean, if, even if this house were remodeled on the inside, I would probably still be too creeped out. If you had not known any of the prior history of Whisper's estate, and you looked at these listing photos, would you still get a haunted vibe from them? They, yes. To me, they yeah. just... You would? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That bedroom... 100%. There's like a haunted there's like a haunted filter on these things. I mean, it looks like they used like a ghost <laughs> like this, filter. Like the Instagram oh haunted God. filter. Yes, I agree. Yes. The dining it's room so in particular, nice. like I'm fairly sure there's a ghost in the dining room picture. No. 
There's cracks in the ceiling. Oh my I, god. You guys. Yeah, this is a creepy old place. It's dark. There's not a lot of natural light. Although I love the idea of taking a centuries-old home and gutting it and redoing it. So, <clears throat> you know, if anyone who doesn't believe in ghosts were to do this with this house, I'd say that's pretty cool. Congratulations. Right. I mean, and the wallpaper choice in the kind of the living room needs, uh, you know, needs some help. But uh, that, oh, yeah. that can that can be rectified. But yeah, no, 130000 for a 3,700 square foot Victorian is a... To me, a screaming deal, and especially if you can rent it out to these paranormal wackos that want to come in and, you know, hear voices and all that kind of stuff. I hate to tell you guys, but it looks like I'm looking at the listing now, and it looks like it's already in contingencies. (gasps) Oh, oh my gosh! Someone snatched it up. Wow! um, Breaking news. Yeah, thirty-five dollars a square foot. Oh my god! That's. I mean, that's nothing. How much per square foot? Thirty-five dollars. Jesus. Yeah. This is one property where we can say, despite its haunted past, someone snatched it up. It did not deter buyers from buying the home. No. Nope. From from inquiring and putting an offer in on the home. Nope. Sleep sleep well, buyers. <laughs> Good. It's time now for our segment at the end of the episode we call Winners and Losers. This is where we talk about celebrities, athletes, hint, hint, and the homes that they buy, sell, or rent, rent out. Uh, Our winner is always someone who made a good deal, bought a cool home, and our loser, as you can probably guess, is someone who lost some cash in a deal or lost a football game. A big game. Um... Yeah, some some big football game just happened. I don't know. Um, something called the Super Bowl against the 49ers and the Chiefs. Uh, and before each Super Bowl, we love to talk about the homes of the players that will be playing in the big game. And our loser this week, we always start with our loser. Our loser this week is the 49ers. <laughs> So we did a deep dive into the 49ers, and it's not just the players. It was, you know, I looked at the uh, where the owner lives, where the head coach lives, and then, you know, a few of the players, a few of the notable players on the team. Uh, we can start with the quarterback, Jimmy G. Everybody loves Jimmy G. We weren't able to figure out exactly where he lives when he's in the Bay Area. Uh, could be that he's a renter. I mean, the only place we know for sure is his parents' home in Arlington Heights. And, you know, I don't know if you guys remember 2018, like when he signed that big fat contract with the Niners and was going to stick around here in the Bay Area. uh, He went on a date with an adult film star and he got a lot of flack. I mean, it was a paparazzi kind of nightmare. TMZ got this video at a Beverly Hills restaurant where the 26-year-old quarterback can be seen toasting wine and walking arm in arm with one of the biggest adult film stars in the industry, Kiara Mia. So since then, he's kept a really, you know, low profile. I mean, I know there's been reports of him out on the town in San Jose, maybe in a bar or whatever. But in terms of where he lives, that is been kind of under lock and key. So it's uh, a mystery. Yeah, as I as I noted in the story, if you have any tips on where you think Jimmy G stays where he, when he's in the Bay Area, let me know. I'm all ears, but we weren't able to pin him down. Aside from Jimmy G, we were able to, you know, 
find out most of uh, where other folks live. Like the owner, Jed York, lives in Los Altos Hills, which is a very ex- exclusive enclave. And he had a mansion built for himself in, I think it was 2015. But the uh, the coach, we were able to also figure out, he bought a place from a former NFL player, a guy who ended his career with the 49ers, Trent Dilfer, a quarterback. He played for quite a while in the NFL. He had a place in Saratoga, which is about, again, probably another 10 miles west of San Jose or Santa Clara. And uh, he sold that place in 2017. Was it when Kyle Shanahan came on board? He sold it to mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan. Uh, it's a nice Spanish style. I know Rachel would love yeah, this. I love it. I know. I'm all in on this. I knew. And then plus the fact that it has a mini vineyard, I think it would be like oh. kind of your dream house, I think. Sign uh, me up. It's, you know, secluded. It's very nice. I, I uh, definitely could see Rachel having a party there. It, it, pizza oven in the backyard. Let's go drive by. Huh? Let's go take a field trip. Yeah, let's go take a field trip over to Saratoga. Oh, yes. just knock on the door. Yeah, no, yeah. Totally no, normal. We're not going to knock on the door. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, a couple of the guys, uh, like Richard Sherman, the fullback Kyle, Juicecheck, they bought places in San Jose, nice mansions, kind of just a little further south in San Jose. Who, on, on this team, who do you think has the coolest house? I, w- I mean, I know Rachel. I know your pick. I, right? I, I have to go with Rachel's pick. I mean, I, I think yeah. Kyle Shanahan's house is the coolest. I love the Saratoga house. Yeah, it's a pretty cool house. That's a really cool house. I I think I'd, I think I'd have to agree. That's, that's oh, a- wow. All three of us are in agreement. Mm. Yeah. Agreeance. Agreeance, mass agreeance. <laughs> yeah. Kyle's house definitely has a lot more that kind of California vibe that I'm looking for. And I'm looking for. And I'm looking for. <laughs> and moving on to our winners for the week, the winners are the Kansas City Chiefs. The big winners of the Super Bowl. Super Bowl champs, the Chiefs. Let's talk about their homes a little bit. Eric, We, I mean, you, you profiled... Again, the owner as well. Um, really. Yeah. Clark Hunt uh, inherited the team from his dad who founded the Chiefs back in the 60s, Lamar Hunt, a legendary NFL figure. But Clark actually lives in the heart of Cowboys country. He lives in Dallas. That's where the family has kind of been. They're, they're, they come from oil money. Mm-hmm. And the, 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 family is, the Hunt family has always been kind of in the Texas area. And so Dallas is where Clark keeps his home base. He has a nice mansion in the Highland Park area. Uh, but the real highlight, and I don't, you, I don't know if you guys would appreciate this, but the highlight is that he has this owner's, it's not even, a, I, I, won't, I don't want to call it a box or an owner's suite. It's actually like a house inside Arrowhead Stadium. It's a six-bedroom home, three levels, built inside the stadium and then out in front of this you know back area where the you know you has living room bedrooms is the actual suite where you would sit and watch the games it's it it's bananas it's bonkers it's unlike anything i've ever seen Hmm. it's you know it's it's where you would you know entertain the most yeah when you where you would entertain the most heavy hitters that you would you know bring in and yeah, I, I, Rachel, I don't did know. you say it's, disgusting? Also, the decor, yeah, it's know, disgusting, it's just, and the decor is terrible. It's a lot. I, I, it's a lot. I, I agree. It's 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 ugly. But you don't think of a stadium holding a six bedroom home. Oh, that's what I meant. Was disgusting. 
I meant oh, the, okay. the excess. I thought you meant the decor was disgusting. Well, that too. But I meant the excess <laughs> of building, seeing the need oh. to build a six-bedroom home inside of a football stadium that you own. It's a little much. Um, it is, it, it's a 1% it's a, it's a move. Um, yeah. Okay, well, so, what about the coach Andy Reid? Yeah, so Andy Reid, uh, he was, the, if you remember, he was a longtime coach of the Eagles. He had a place in Villanova, which is kind of, you know, a nice suburb of Philadelphia. He had that place and he sold it in 2015 for $1.25 million. He had it on the market for two point three originally after he got let go by the Eagles. So he took a sack on that price. But then he rebounded and bought a place, a nice brick home in Kansas City, uh, for two point two million dollars, and within a, and it, he bought this place just within like a couple weeks hmm. of landing the gig in Kansas City. So he he acted quick, and he's been in this place ever since. It's a it's a nice, I think it's four or five bedroom brick yeah, house, four, four bedroom brick home. It's it's stately, it's nice, and it's yeah. it's twenty minutes from the stadium, which yeah, that's very a nice. great commute. That's and then the, the star of the show, the Patrick Mahomes, the franchise QB. He bought a place right after he was drafted. He bought like a, it's called a penthouse, but this is, it's, it was in a three level building in Kansas City. So when we think of the word penthouse, we, we think of, you know, stories and stories of, you know, like, oh my God, that is hilarious. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a penthouse. It, it, and that's what they're labeling it as. And that's what they're selling it as. But it's, there's nine, nine units in this building and it's three stories. It's still nice. It's, I mean, it's exactly what you'd expect a guy to buy kind of on his first NFL contract. It's, it's frankly, it's, I remember we, we, we talked about this place, Eric, yeah, and you, yeah. you were very happy. You were, you were proud of him for right. not buying a big baller mansion and for, right. for being prudent with his, with his first check. Yeah. And I, I was proud of him and the only downside is that it hasn't sold yet, so oh. it's still it's still on the market. It's it's a two bedroom condo. It's perfectly nice, but what Mahomes did is he you know he went for the upgrade and he didn't go total baller. He didn't buy like a twenty five thousand square foot mansion. He went for a, a nice you know I think it's like a three or four bedroom mansion and it had like a huge master suite. Yeah, three. It's a three. So it's a three-bedroom home, yeah, in Kansas City's Sunset Hill neighborhood. Um, yeah. And it has this huge master suite, like you said, Eric, 12, 1,250 square feet. You can see that Mahomes actually, and his wife, or not wife, I'm sorry, and his girlfriend took out a lot of what was already existing and kind of took it down to the studs in a lot of places, especially his one, you know, if you watch these videos, his he he left all the decor up to his his girlfriend and the decorator and said, "Go for it, just do what you want to do." Goodness. The one room he the one room he insisted on is this sneaker closet. It's designed to hold, I think, around two hundred pairs of sneakers, and it's it looks like what you'd expect to walk into if you walked into a sneaker store. It's like right. got these kind of backlit displays and it, you know shelving units, and all his clothes and sunglasses are kind of all dis- on display, and sneaker especially the Orion. shoes. Yeah, it's like a shoe emporium. It's it's pretty it's pretty wild, and he's he's due for another big big payday once he signs that big extension. It'll be interesting to see if he does upgrade to even even higher. Yeah, a bigger mansion. The other guys on the team uh, we found we found guys that you know own places in Florida, have owned places in Arizona. Another guy that owns a place in Dallas in the Dallas area, but. 
uh, we weren't able to pin down a ton of players in the Kansas City area, so we're guessing that maybe they also rent. But yeah, so that's kind of it on the Kansas City side. And congratulations to them. Uh, I hope they're having a fun time celebrating in Miami. that's it for house party thank you so much for tuning in uh if you like what you heard today please subscribe and be sure to give us a five-star rating and if you have some extra time write us a review it helps people find our podcast um tell your friends tell your family um you can email us any questions we might just answer them in our q a you can reach us uh podcast at realtor.com is our email address yeah, give us a follow on Facebook or Twitter. We're at House Party Pod on both, and we would love to hear from you there. And if you want to check out any of the stories that we talked about today and see the photos of all these outstanding homes, go to realtor.com news, or just type the topic that you're interested in into your search engine and uh, search for that in realtor.com. It should come right up. All right. Thank you again for tuning in, and we will catch you later. Catch like a football. Get off the stage. Here we go. Bye. Bye. Bye.